patiently, expectantly, and longs earnestly for God's sons, God's mature children, to made manifest, to made known, to be revealed. The creation is waits for the disclosing and the revealing of the mature sons of God. So welcome to today's program. Verse 20. The creation, nature, was subjected to frailty, to condemnation, to frustration, not because of some intentional fault on its part, but by the will of him who subjected it, yet with hope. That nature creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and corruption and gain an entrance into the glorious freedom of the mature children of God. We know that the whole creation of irrational creatures has been moaning, groaning, together in pains of labor until now. And not only the creation, but we also, we ourselves also, who have and enjoy the first fruits of the Holy Spirit as a foretaste of the blissful things to come, we groan inwardly as we wait for the redemption of our bodies from sensuality and the grave. And we wait for the adoption, our manifestation as God's sons, which will occur also when we appear before the judgment seat of Christ and are rewarded and revealed to the creation as God's children. We are presently His children, but then in our new bodies, in our immortal bodies, we will be blameless for eternity. Verse 24, For in this hope we were saved, but hope, the object of, which is seen is not hope. What is seen is not hope. For how can one hope for what he already sees? But if we hope for what is still unseen by us, we wait for it with patience and composure. And this is difficult. We are waiting for what is unseen with patience and hopefully with composure. Verse 20. Six, so also the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we should. It's difficult to know what to pray. 
to offer or how to offer our prayer worthily, worthily as we should. But here's the key. But the, the Spirit Himself or itself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our, on our behalf with unspeakable groanings, yearnings too deep for utterance. And here I'm going to just quickly state something. We know many times we have a, a problem, there is a need for prayer, but we don't know what to pray. We don't have the mind of the Spirit. We are just without the ability to form a thought, to pray, and we know we should, but we can't. But the Spirit itself is groaning inside of us. Groaning. And the Spirit itself knows what is the mind of the Spirit. And all we can do is groan. And this is on the... This, this verse translation is the... Uh, Amplified Classic Edition. I want to go to the King James quickly. I like the King James to study with. It, it's uh, maybe the Old English is a little harder to understand, but uh, it's a lot clearer sometimes. So too, the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. And this again is verse 26. For we do not know what prayer to offer up or how to offer it worthily as we should, but the Spirit itself goes to meet our supplication and pleads on our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is the mind of the Spirit, what is, his, what is his intent? Because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God on our behalf according to the will of God. We don't know what to pray, but the Spirit knows and in us groans. That we live in a time now where we pray for our country, we pray for our families, we pray for ourselves, but it just doesn't seem like sometimes we know what to pray. We don't know how to pray. But the Spirit helps our infirmities. This is an infirmity, is the inability to pray as we should. We just don't have the mental ability. We don't know how to pray because of our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray as we should, but again, the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Sometimes in prayer, all you can do is just stay and just say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. In this matter, I pray to know your will. It is your will, 
It is God's will that we know his will. It is God's will that we know his will. And sometimes we just have to sit and just pray and wait for the moving of the Holy Spirit, having the sense that the Holy Spirit is going a certain direction. I'll go out to pray, and I have a list of things to pray for. But as I begin to pray, I don't have the flow of the Holy Spirit. I'm just uttering the request. But I have no sense that I, have a, I don't have a flow. I don't have a sense that the Lord is actually, you might say, on a particular matter, uh, involved. I'm involved, but he may not be involved. I'm praying for, let's say, Uncle Bob. And the Lord wants me to pray for Aunt Jenny. So I'm praying for Bob, but the Lord is saying, no, Jenny's the one that needs prayer. This is the way it is with the Lord. But we have our list, but we find of 10 items, we find the one point in that list where the Holy Spirit lands first. Wherever he lands, that's where we begin. We want to start 1 to 10, but maybe he wants to start at 10, and go back to one. Whatever we have that we need to pray about. I went up to pray about some matters one day. I'd taken a drive into the mountains. And it ended up the Lord had me praying for people. Then when I felt that the Lord had heard, heard the request for people, then I began to pray for the practical things in my duties. So it just depends but the Lord makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. We don't have the words. We don't have the ability to understand mentally exactly what the will of the Lord is until we just continue. I call on the Lord. I just say, Lord Jesus, I'm, just, I'm asking you. I don't know what, I, what is most important. Lord, help me. You direct me. Wherever the flow of your Holy Spirit is, that's, where, that's my objective, to find where the flow is. If there's no flow, I go to the next point or the next or the next. And he that searches the hearts, hearts, verse 27, he that searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit, what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So, the Spirit, the, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are involved in our times of prayer. And they're teaching us, always teaching us, to find the, the river of God, to find the flow from the throne, to find the where you have this sensitivity and the peace and you know that God is hearing your request. It's a discipline. This is the greatest Christian discipline is 
learning to master prayer. And don't think that you can't. You can. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who will teach you. This is the will of God for the family of God in the world today. It has always been His will that His children learn how to pray. Effectually. But it's a discipline. It takes time. You can't rush. You have to, to sit and wait, and you have you you continue until you have the assurance that the Holy Spirit is involved and is flowing in your request. Generally, when you're praying for people. The Holy Spirit is always involved. When you're praying for the salvation of someone, he will, he will always be involved. It is a discipline that the Christian people presently, for the, for, to a, a degree, a large, to a, 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 for the most part, most Christians do not know how to sit and pray until they have an answer and assurance that the Lord has heard their prayer and is going to reward to answer that prayer. Now, if you're going to sit and pray for a million dollars, well, you're probably going to sit for a long time. But you're not going to get that million dollars because a million dollars will destroy you. Some people are praying for a wife or a husband. Who knows? And it may not be time. It may be just because you're being pressured by dear old mom and dad. You need to get married. You need to have a wife. You need to have a husband. You need to have a family. You may be married and grandma and grandpa may be push, pressing you to have children and you don't know what to do, that's where you need to pray. We're in the time where if ever God's children were... This is the time where God's children really are going to have to... need to be able to pray effective prayers for yourselves, for your families for whatever God puts on your heart. Then in verse 26, I'm sorry, in Romans chapter 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to His purpose. Now, if you're called according to your own purpose, your prayers may go unanswered. But if you're praying according to God's will, God's purpose, your prayers will be answered. It is, is it God's will that people around you come to the Lord? Yes. Will everyone around you come to the Lord? No. Not every person is going to be born again. 
There are people I pray for, the Lord tells me, don't pray for them. They're not, they're not going to ever meet me. Pray protection from them, but don't pray for their salvation. You're wasting your time. Christians aren't taught these principles of intercession. You cannot, you could not pray for Judas Iscariot during the time at the time of Christ. You could not pray for him. It was not ordained for him to be reconciled to God. You cannot pray for the coming Antichrist. You can't pray for the children of Antichrist. They are servants of another kingdom, of another master. They will never be saved. You're wasting your time. When the Holy Spirit reveals to you that certain people are not going to be saved, then don't pray for them. You're wasting your time. Those that you know that the Spirit is nudging you to pray for, those are the ones you pray for. If you're praying for, again, great material blessings, probably 95% of those prayers are going to go unanswered. The principle is the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Be content with your daily bread. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. This is what you pray daily. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from the evil one. The evil one, the personification of evil. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to the purpose. We believers, things happen that are very negative, very harmful, very hurtful. But Paul said, these things that you go through, all things, not most of these things, not some of the things, all things for those who are overcoming, that know the Scripture, that don't know the Scripture. You don't have to know the Scripture. You don't have to have read the Bible 20 times. Maybe not even one time. But if by faith you know, God says, Paul said, that all things, all things work together for good. Whatever you've gone through will work together for good. Everything. The death of somebody you love, whatever it may be, I don't even want to go down that path, but I'll be there too, for a long time. Whatever it may be, all things work together for good to them that love God. God will work whatever negative has happened to you that is taking place in your life. God will use it 
for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to His purpose. There are many believers today that are called to a purpose for our time. We are not called to a purpose to begin a church age. We are not in a time where we are continuing to give momentum <clears throat> to the plan and will of God that has taken place in the last 2,000 years roughly. The plan of God presently is to finish, to end an age, to end a work, a plan that God intended from eternity past, that the end, the time of the great plan that God had His Holy Spirit inside of mankind. Very soon, the last person that will ever be born again is going to take place. There will be one final person that is going to be born again. And after that person is born again, no one else through time will ever be born again. They will never have Christ live in them. We don't know if it will be a male, a female, young, old, what nationality. We have no idea who that individual will be. But there will be a last person from the time of the night of resurrection to the time that that last person will be born again. On the night of resurrection, the Lord breathed into these people in a room His Holy Spirit. He said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. There will be a finish. There will be a final person that will receive the Holy Spirit. Now, from that point to this end point, we don't know how many billions of people have met Christ, have been born again. We don't know that number. Only God knows that number. But that time is coming because we are about to wrap up a period of time known as the church age, a period where there will be lampstands in the earth, people who have the Holy Spirit indwelling them, living inside of them. The We are about to... to uh, we're coming near to that point of time. And when that last person is saved, immediately a resurrection of the dead and the living believers will take place. Immediately. That person that is born again, that final person, may be born again for one minute that's all the time that he will experience in that one, one minute, in that 60 seconds. That will be the only experience that he will have of Christ living in him or her or whosoever. And then they will be with the Lord. We're going to go to the, more, to the bottom of the hour break. We'll be back to continue in a few minutes. This is the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry. I'm the host, Rick Rodriguez.
Okay, and Jesus will wash away the sins of that person. The church age is about to, we are at the end. It is finished. Another eight, ten years, I don't know. I say that we're, I believe that we're possibly in the final decade before Christ's return. And the Holy Spirit has given this church, these lampstands, at this time a commission to begin to, the, to, to, it's a final period of presenting to the people of the world the kingdom of heaven, to preach the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is up the road less than a decade, possibly. And God is going to, Christ is going to establish his kingdom. And before he establishes that kingdom, he is going to end the kingdom and rule of Lucifer. He's going to end the kingdom of the cosmos that is the world that is controlled by Satan as the head, the fallen angels, the demons in the spiritual world, and with the people that have been employed by the devil. They're called the sons, they're, they're, they're called the children of the devil. This is how John the Apostle presented it to the church in the first epistle of John. I think it was chapter 3. I shall, I'll get the verse. But they're the children of God and the children of the devil. And the war that we're viewing right now, there we are watching a war take place internationally. It looks like people against people. Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 says, we're, we're, we are at war. But our war is not with flesh and blood, with principalities, powers, evil, evil spiritual forces in high places. We're not wrestling with flesh and blood, we Christians. What we're witnessing is a battle, not of just flesh and blood, though flesh and blood are being used. It's in the hidden world with angelic, demonic, fallen angels, demons, powers, spiritual powers of darkness. This is a spiritual war that we're watching. What's happening in the invisible world is being manifest in the visible world.
those who are called according to his purpose. We are, we believers of life today are being asked to present to the people in the world the coming kingdom of Jesus Christ, of Yeshua. It's a fine, it's his kingdom, a thousand year kingdom where Christ will rule from Jerusalem. The children of Israel have been waiting because they know the promises of their forefathers is that at some point the kingdom will be established in Israel, the center being Jerusalem. They realize that. We believers, we also realize that too because in the millennial kingdom we will have our new bodies but we will rule from the heavens. So the kingdom of Christ is coming. God's children need to know that the kingdom of heaven is nigh. Christ's rulership is just years away. But between this point and that point, Christ said, that the world is going to be completely turned over into the hands of the wicked. This is in Job chapter 9. The earth will be turned over into the hands of the wicked. And we believers are watching it take place right now. We are, we are witnessing this occur. So that is the what's going to happen in the world, <clears throat> hardships to the world. But in the body of Christ, I was to continue with last week's program. There is a major, a big sign, not to the children of the world, necessarily, not to the Israel, nation of Israel necessarily, but it is to the family of God, the born-again family. And the main topic of the day is apostasy. That is the main topic, this is the main condition that the Apostle Paul in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 presented to the believers in Thessalon the, the Thessalon Thessalonians the matter of the end of the world apostasy. Apostasy also has another word. A friend of mine in Nevada, we were talking one evening, and he said that the apostasy in the deeper Meanings in the Greek and the Hebrew means idolatry. So in other words, it's not just distancing yourself from Christ. That would be one part of the apostasy. To distance yourself from the Holy Spirit and from the Lord. But as you distance yourself from Christ, you draw nigh near to idolatry. 
you begin to, there are other things in the world that are more appealing to you. Things that you enjoy that are more important to you than being obedient to Christ. This is idolatry. And as you continue to distance yourself from Christ and His Word and His teachings, you also at the same time not only become idolatrous, but you become rebellious. You rebel to righteousness. You rebel, you're in rebellion to holiness. You are you are you gravitate to what you want. This is why in the body of Christ today, I'll read you a verse. This is out of uh, Judges. In in Judges, verse chapter seventeen, so that you can understand in a more more deeply. I I have to ask the Lord to give me the wisdom to have the way to present to you these deep things that are not that are not necessarily uh, pleasant. Judges 17. There was a man named Micah who lived in the mountains of Ephraim. He said to his mother, I heard you speak a curse. You uttered a curse against the thief who stole 28 pounds of silver that were stolen from you. You spoke a curse. Well, I'm the one that stole the silver. I took it. And his mother says, The Lord bless you, my son, for confessing the crime. Micah gave the 28 pounds of silver to his mother. Then she said, I will give, I will dedicate this silver from my hand to the Lord. I'm going to dedicate it to the Lord because it was I it was taken, but now it's returned. I will have my son make, and I will I will make an idol, a statue, a uh, an image with metal laid over it. I will give the silver back to you. When he gave the silver back to his, to his mother, she took five pounds and gave it to a silversmith. He made an idol, a statue. He carved an image and overlaid it with silver. This was an abomination and a violation of the law, Deuteron- Deuteronomy 27.15, which stood in Micah's house. Micah had a special holy place, a shrine. He made a holy vest, an ephod. And some, household, and some household idols. Then Micah chose, and uh, <clears throat> he chose one of his sons to be his priest. So not only did he have an idol and a shrine, but he wanted now a priest. At that time, Israel did not have a king. So everyone did what seemed right in their own eyes. 
This is where we are today. This is where the American church is presently. At that time, the church in America did not have a king, so everyone did what seemed right in their own eyes, which was a common refrain through the rest of the judges. This was the through the rest of the book of Judges, this was the thought. Everybody will do what is right in their own eyes. The judges will do what they felt was right. The leaders of Israel would do what they felt was right. There was no cohesiveness. There was no one who could see correctly what was happening. The, the nation was moving into idolatry. Everybody did what was right in their own eyes. In America today, with most of the ministries, they do what they feel is right in their own eyes. This is the way it is in America. We build systems. We put in place structure. We don't follow the Holy Spirit. Over the recent days, I've been meeting many different friends. There are these little fellowships where there is no pastor. This is in a good sense. There's a group of people. These people have been together 15 years other places, five, eight years. And they do have assemblies they may go to, but they get together outside of the assemblies and they pray for each other. They have dinner together. They, they're tight-knit. Their, their unity is in the Lord and the Word. And the structure is really where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst. Ask what you will, it will be done for you. This is the, this is the built church. This is the church building in reality. Like in the New Testament, they would meet in this home, in that home, in another home, and at times they would come together at feast days. They would gather. But in this country, we in the evangelical churches have built these systems. And these systems, if you're not careful, they become no different than what happened in Pergamos or Thyatira in the Greek churches or the Roman churches, clergy laity, someone who is the only person that anyone listens to week after week after week. I'm not saying you don't have teachers. I don't say you have those who oversee. I'm not saying that. But the overseers, the one quality they have to have 
I say that there will be apostles and there will be prophets in this country, in these offices. And the quality or the principle behind these men will be to allow the Holy Spirit to work with the family of God. They will have the ability to not interfere with the move of the Holy Spirit as they see the Spirit moving. There are many times I'm in situations where I don't know really what's happening and I just sit and I observe. I sense the Spirit. I sense a flow. And I leave it alone. Unless I see something where there's worship to angels or different things. Then I'll say something. Paul would leave. He would minister the Spirit, and he would let the children learn and teach the children in the family of God to have the discernment to know what is the Holy Spirit, what is the flesh, what is the soul. Because there's a Spirit involved in the flesh, and there's a Spirit involved in the soul. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's a discipline, just like with prayer. There are these disciplines that the American people, the American churches, they have not really, the pastors for the most part, have never uh, trained their children to have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit to know when the Spirit is present. Now, in some many, many of the assemblies I've gone to with the music, it is not the Holy Spirit. It is the spirit of the soul. It is a production. This is very offensive to anybody in music ministry. There is a way to minister the Holy Spirit, and there is a way to minister in the flesh or in the soul. The flesh, the soul, it is building with wood, hay, and stubble. It's going to burn. But people that have a, the disciplines of the Holy Spirit through their prayer life, they are able to minister the Spirit in their music. You don't just get up with, a, with an instrument and begin to just sing People that are in music ministry, each, in, each musician needs to have the disciplines of the Holy Spirit to know when they are in spirit, to know if they're in the flesh, to know if they're in the soul. The soul and the spirit are so tightly knit, you cannot separate them without the word of God. The word of God is piercing to the dividing of soul and spirit. Only the spirit of God, only the word of God can show you when you're in the soul or when you're in the spirit. It's a discipline. I don't know if many of you know, know uh, a man, watchman knee. He uh, 
was the apostle in the 1910 to about 1940, apostle to the Chinese people in China. And I do mean apostle. He was an apostle. Through revelation, God had shown him the difference between <clears throat> the ministries that were coming through China, Baptists out of England, all the missionaries, and they were they brought in, they brought people to Christ. But they brought them into the brought them into the kingdom of heaven, but they couldn't mature them. They didn't know how to take them to the deeper disciplines of maturity. This is what Watchman Nee did. He took them to deeper experiences in Christ and reality of who Christ was and the purpose, God's eternal purpose for mankind. Well, he was sick and uh, he was... was trying to recover from the illness and he just kept getting sicker and he was being taken care of by uh, I think some of the church people and he was in bed barely barely alive I think and he said well the story is that he had a sense people were praying for him and they were praying in the soul. And he felt to get out of bed and to just go out. He was in the upstairs and go out onto the balcony above the, the parlor. And he said there was a group of, of Chinese women praying for him. And he's listening to their prayers. And he's listening and he realized they're praying in the soul. And he told them, sisters, stop praying for me. Your prayers are making me sicker. You're praying in the soul. You're not praying in the spirit. What you're praying is making me sicker. And he told them to cease. And they did. And he recovered immediately. You can pray in the soul, you can pray in the spirit, you can pray in the flesh. To pray in the spirit is a discipline. And the Christians in America, if there was ever a time to have the discipline to be able to pray in spirit, it is now. And to know the difference between the flesh and the soul, it is now. Because of the war that is coming, if you don't know how to pray in the Spirit, you are going to be a victim. You are going to be unprofitable. Your prayers will go unheard. So, going back to Judges chapter 17. At that time, Israel did not have a king so everyone did what seemed right in his own eyes. This is where we are in America today. In this apostasy that we are in, 
this is one of the signs of apostasy. Everyone doing what is right in his own eyes. All the pastors of the land, not all of them, most of them, they have no concept, they have no idea of the time that we are in. We are just in the period of time preceding the tribulation that is to come. We are very near to tribulation. Some are saying we are in tribulation because of the hardships we are in, uh, we, are, we are witnessing presently. No, we are not in tribulation. Israel has to have a covenant signed or agreed, agreed to with a coming president of this country. And when that agreement is made, that will be the first day of the coming tribulation. We are not in the tribulation yet. Israel and America have not signed an agreement yet. It's going to happen shortly, but it has not occurred at the present. The tribulation is coming, and the the sins of the pastors of the land, and that's where I'm heading as we go into the program. I was addressing the sins of the pastors being the most harmful, damaging uh, tool that Satan uses to destroy the family of God, to keep the family of God weak, to keep the family of God from maturing. God's intention has always been that we mature, that we are, our minds are renewed. And the pastors of the land, for the most part, don't know how to do that. They can help people renew the mind, but they, like Watchman Nee, his ministry was to take Christians from the milk to the meat, from the breast to the meat. The pastors of this country have kept the children of God basically on 2% milk. They've never had them go to whole milk and then off of whole milk to the meat of righteousness. All the Christians do what is right in their own eyes. The pastors basically do what is right in their own eyes. And this is apostasy. Apostasy is idolatry. Idolatry leads to rebellion. It leads to rebellion against God's word. It leads to rebellion against the Holy Spirit. It leads to rebellion that the pastors will be at odds and in conflict with anybody that would address their sins, address their immaturity. I have many examples I use. I'm going to go to a break. We'll be back. Most people think they can't afford to invest in gold and silver. But at the Patriot Trading Group, we believe that everyone should have the opportunity to own hard assets. That's why we created our Preferred Metals Program. You can get started for as little as $100 a month. Go to allamericangold.com and click on our preferred metals icon to learn how you can get started today. 
or call us at 800-951-0592, the Patriot Trading Group, allamericangold.com. Hi, folks. This is Pastor Bruce Miller with the Foothills Baptist Church family. Join us Sunday afternoons from 3 to 4 for the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour. That's Sunday afternoons, 3 to 4, here on 1360 AM. Hi, folks. I'm James Morgan, a realtor with Grisham & Associates, LLC. I know it must seem like there's a million realtors out there making all kinds of promises. Want to hear my big marketing promise? I promise honest and fair dealings with all those I do business with. That may sound old-fashioned, and it is not very catchy, but it is true. I am your Colorado real estate specialist. Farmland, mountain cabins, or urban dwellings. When you work with my team, we'll get the right property for you and be upfront and honest with you every step of the way. Over the years, my clients have told me just that fact alone separates us from others in the industry. If you are considering buying or selling real estate, call me, James Morgan, at 720-203-0731 or visit my website at coloradoproperties.online. No catchy slogan, just a client-first, honest real estate experience. Hit it, girls. Keep listening to the American Freedom Network. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. Are you looking to sell your excess construction equipment? Trust Steffes Group's team of professionals to get you the best return on your investment. Steffes Group is a nationally recognized leader in the auction business with over 60 years of experience. Their team of professionals prioritize honesty, integrity, and outstanding service, and they work with you every step of the way to ensure a smooth and successful auction process. Go to steffesgroup.com right now to find a sales representative near you and discuss your options today. It's a perfect time to plant trees during the Tree Farm's 50-cent tree sale. Buy the first tree at regular price and get a second tree for only 50 cents. Choose from thousands of carryout-sized shade trees, flowering trees, evergreen trees, and more. Buy one 7 to 8-foot tall flowering tree for only $269.50 and get another tree for only 50 cents. That's two 7-gallon trees for only $270. You Come take I-25 to exit 235, then 5 miles west to the Tree Farm. Tommy here with Revo Knives. We're a Colorado company looking for local customers who own a business that want to make a gift for their customers or employees that they'll always use and remember. We customize our knives with your logo and information so they always look at who to get back to when they need your service. Head over to our website at RevoKnives.com or give us a call at 720-947-9599. And as always, live sharp. Bleed Stop, clinically proven and FDA cleared to stop even arterial bleeds. Pour it into the wound, apply direct pressure, and clotting occurs in seconds. No stinging or burning. Minor cuts or major wounds, Bleed Stop is a must for first aid kits, backpacks, and trauma bags. Find Bleed Stop by clicking on the Bleed Stop button on the 1360KHNC webpage. Products and prices listed on the KHNC website are 20% off the regular Bleed Stop website prices. Get yours today. Power surges and lightning bolts can cause damage to your electronic devices. A EMP attack can fry everything, leaving everyone looking like the Flintstones. But don't let that happen. 
Go to EMPShield.com and enter KHNC in the promo code box. EMP Shield can keep you secure and running when no one else can. American-made electronic protection. Again, put KHNC in the promo box. EMPShield.com The Blue Dragon Spa is a man-friendly spa with women bringing their husbands and significant others in for pedicures all the time. Men's feet hurt too, don't forget. Blue Dragon Spa, 1811 Hover Street, Suites A and B, Longmont, Colorado, 720-680-0492, KHNC is proud to carry my kind CBD products. Products include cocoa, top shelf tinctures, hemp salve, moisturizing lotions, and retinol cream. They also have pet tincture and hemp shampoo for a healthy coat and skin. To see all the CBD products we carry, visit the station at 2 South Parish or check us out online. Go to 1360KHNC.com. Click on the shop button. Are you prepared for a power outage? Never be left in the dark again. Wagner Electric has proudly partnered with Generac to provide long-lasting generators for your home. We have standalone and portable generators in stock now. So give us a call for a free estimate at 970-800-3693. If you are constructing or upgrading your home, trust our expert electricians to take care of your home the first time. We offer services for anything from wiring an unfinished basement to wiring a newly built pole barn. Your electrical system is the heartbeat of your home. So don't risk it and give us a call today to get started at 970-800-3693 or visit us at wagnerelectricco.com. We are located off Highway 85 in Greeley at 1517 2nd Avenue. Wagner Electric sets the standard. Hi, this is Ron Tafoya, owner and operator of New Method Cleaners, Northern Colorado's oldest dry cleaners. Men's clothing to women's fashions, we clean it all. Give us a call with all your cleaning questions. If we don't clean it, we might have a solution. We have two locations to serve you in Severance and Fort Collins. Please call us at 970-775-0623. 970-775-0623. Off-Road Automotive offers a wide range of used automobiles for all of your off-road and on-road needs. From classic Jeep CJ7s to high-end sporty Corvettes and everyday commuters, they have a vehicle for you. Bad credit or no credit, no problem. Their professional finance team has you covered. Give them a visit at 1392 Denver Avenue in Fort Lupton or give them a call at 303-502-3230. The Tree Farm's 50-cent tree sale is going on now. Choose from thousands of carry-out-sized trees that are easy to handle and easy to plant. While supplies last, buy the first tree at regular price and mix or match a second tree for only 50 cents. Thousands of shade trees, flowering trees, fruit trees, evergreen trees, ornamental trees, and more. Also, huge savings on shrubs and perennials. You Come take see. I-25 to exit 235, then five miles west to the Tree Farm. The views and opinions expressed on KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Excursion Broadcasting Network.
Welcome to the second hour of today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. I forgot to mention in the first hour that the podcasts for the programs are on 1360khnc.com. Programs are streamed on the station uh, through, through the whole day, day and night. Also, my contact information is Olive Tree Ministry. P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. I uh, have been talking in the first hour, kind of continuing from last week. I'm maybe in a series, you could say, of the sins of the pastors being the most damaging evil to the body of Christ. The sins of the pastors. The sins of the pastors affect the body and cause great devastation. The sins of the prophets also I will talk about. The apostasy that Paul said would take place in our time and he is referencing the United States of America. His reference is to the land of the son of perdition. The reference is to the evangelical churches of the United States of America. I present this to you so you will study it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The son of perdition, he has a, he's the, he's the coming king of Babylon. He has a kingdom that he presides over. American Christians, we don't think like Paul and the writers of the whole Bible think. There's a, there is a, there is a uh, method of, of uh, insight that they present, and by taking the whole Scripture taking the laws of Moses. Moses is what he presented to the children of Israel. Taking the prophets that God called 
the prophets of Israel, the apostles that called selected, that, that Christ selected to be his apostles, and the words of Christ, and also the Apostle Paul, and the other writers that wrote epistles in the New Testament, Jude, James, Philemon, The great apostasy, the great idolatry that will occur in the family of God in the United States of America has occurred. I say that it really took root. It was already, it has always been through the last 2,000 years. But it didn't really sprout and begin to grow like a mat, like a weed out of control until the 60s and, and actually the middle of the 70s. And it took root and began to grow in evangelical Christianity in the Pentecostal churches, especially in the charismatic, what we would call charismatic churches. This apostasy that Paul talks about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it's a falling away, meaning you literally let go of Christ and you begin your descent. You become something that is not Christ-like. You become something that uh, is anything but Christ. Your teachings, your theology, your practice becomes almost antichrist, apostasy, idolatry. I was reading out of Judges 17 verse 6. At that time, Israel did not have a king, so everyone did what seemed right in their own eyes. This is the principle in America today. The pastors are keeping their systems in place. The megachurch systems. Even the, the uh, microsystems, if they're not being, if they're not under the direction of the Holy Spirit, they also are just as um, damaging to the plan of God as the megachurches. Microchurches in the same principle are just as damaging. Christ's objective is that His children would grow, mature. I'd mentioned Watchman Nee in China about 1920 to 1940, 40, late 40s. Chairman Mao eventually had him put in a prison. He died in 1972 in prison. Didn't have any visitors. He was ill. His sister was allowed to visit him just before his death. His final words to her, he is still with me. He couldn't speak of Christ. He was a chemist. He was a brilliant man. Photographic memory. 
His whole passion was the body of Christ. And his passion, his, I hate the word passion. I hate it, it just, it's overused. His desire, what he was called to do, is to bring people into Christ to nurture them with the milk of the word and then eventually wean them off of the milk of the word into the righteousness of the Christian life. And many, of, many Christians today are not living a righteous life. They're not living the holy life. They're, not living, they're living a life that is full of guile, full of motive. This was not Watchman Nee's ministry. He was very, uh, he was trained by a woman by the name of Emmy Barber. She was, I think, a Baptist missionary, but she knew the deep things of Christ. And she taught him the disciplines. She didn't let him, she didn't let him uh, slip into the flesh and the soul. She made sure that he understood the disciplines, meaning the difference between the spirit and the soul, the spirit and the flesh. And the churches, he had a group of churches that he would oversee. Well, these churches were ready for the coming hardships that China was going to have. These churches, these people, they knew the deep things of Christ. They knew how to abide, how to allow the Lord to live in them, and how they could abide in Christ, how they could tabernacle in the Holy Spirit daily, not occasionally, not once a week, daily. This is the objective, that the Holy Spirit dwell in us daily, and that we live in Him daily. And that He speaks to us all through the day. The discipline is being conscious of when He's speaking to you, what He's speaking, and being in the plan that He has for you, and accepting that plan. Everybody, I, I, you know, in America, we're a... a we're a very strange society. We have Christians who are extremely wealthy and their wealth destroys them. There are Christians who are very poor and their poverty is a great blessing to them. They live for Christ because they have to depend on Christ. They have to look to Him daily for help. Some see poverty as a curse. Yes, it is a curse. It can be a curse. But on the other hand, uh, if God takes riches or, or that type of uh, ability out of your hand, that just means that you're going to learn to live without it. Paul said we are to be content in whatever state we are in. 
wealth, no wealth, free, a slave, we're bound, we're bond. Be content. No God is God. He is sovereign. He chooses what is best for us. We may not like it, but he puts us in hardship so that we can mature. And those who are in that hardship, they go to bed at night satisfied with full realization that God is with them, that he is keeping them, he will protect them, because he has a deep purpose for them. Most Christians in this country, they have no idea of what God's desire for them is. They exist day to day to day to day. Now I, I see the sins of the land with the men of the land in responsible positions. I see that. I see what has happened since the 70s when these churches began to build their systems. The vineyards, the Calvary chapels, all of it. I'm not just picking out one, I'm picking out all of them. The mega churches, but hidden in all of what we see, there is a residue of pastors, people that are prophets, some who have an apostolic ability. There are members in the body of Christ in this country. Just like Watchman Nee was preparing his children for coming conflict because they were going to be an army. They were being mustered by God, counted by God for the coming war that was going to take place in China under communism. In the same way in Russia, God was mustering people in the, in the lampstands in Russia for what was going to come during the time after the Bolshevik Revolution. In North Korea presently, God has mustered. There is a family of faithful believers, and I guarantee you their strength is the anointing. Their strength is the sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And their power is they have no money, they have no freedom. Their power is through their prayers. They, there was, a, I'll give you, a, I have a friend told me the story about his brother. Brother was summoned to North Korea to work on some in industry from this country. And I don't want to say too much because this individual lives right here in this state for the sake of the protection of the family. But this brother was summoned to work in the industrial complex, uh, not military, in South Korea. And the company said, we have other men that are as capable. And they said, no, we want this individual. 
He is the one we want. They would say no. South Korean government, how are you going to say no to them? And so he, they told him, his uh, management told him, you've got to go to Korea, South Korea. So the Holy Spirit told him, don't pack any clothes. Buy as many little Bibles as you can. Little Bibles. The little pocket Bibles. Load your briefcase, your suitcases up with that. He did. Flew over. Landed. Had somebody pick him up at the airport. It was going to drive him to the hotel where he was going to stay. To his accommodations. And the driver takes him to the border of North Korea and drives him across the border with all those Bibles. Well, they stop him as they go into North Korea. The guards come over, open up his suitcase, look at it, close it, and they let him go on in. And the driver takes him to a place where he's going to stay. He goes in. He's trying to figure this whole thing out. He's disappeared. And the Holy Spirit tells him, take those Bibles, just go and walk on the streets. Load up your pockets with Bibles. Go out and just start giving them away. So for the next three days, he just every day took Bibles, walked out into the streets of North Korea, and handed these Bibles out. And when he would give them to these, and it was they were written in Korean. And when he would give them out, the people would start to weep. And then, once he was done, he, I think, as he went into North Korea, he was met by somebody that took him up to his room and said, take all those Bibles, spread them as quickly as you can. And then, three days later, a limo came. He went into the, the border. They led him into South Korea. They took him to the place where he was supposed to stay. And the South Korean government, the American government, his company that he was working for, they were all trying to figure out where the guy went. And he didn't tell them what happened. This, in North Korea, they have, these people have learned the discipline of the anointing. The discipline of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit is having me tell this audience. The, what's going to get you through what is to come, what has begun, is the anointing of the Holy Spirit on your mind and the unction. The anointing is going to keep you abiding in Christ. And there is an unction that will lead you to all truth. This is why the Christians in the hard these countries can endure what is happening because they have the presence of the Holy Spirit with them in power. Not in weakness, but in power. Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. Paul accepted his hardships because it furthered the experience of the Holy Spirit in his life. The discipline to know how to pray 
in spirit and not in the soul. Like I said in the first hour, and you'll have to go back to the podcasts, 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree program, the first hour. Watchman Nee is sick. He can't get out of bed. He realizes that some, something is happening. He hears these people downstairs praying for him. He doesn't have a good sense about it. He gets up, walks out to the balcony to see what they're praying about, and he realizes they're all praying in the soul. They're praying in the soul, not in the spirit. And he tells them, Sisters, don't pray for me. You're praying in the soul. Your prayers are, are killing me, literally killing me. And they stopped praying and he recovered. The anointing leads you to all truth. What is God's will for you? To abide, to grow. The unction leads you, the anointing causes you to abide. The unction causes you to know all truth. You want to know, how can you be the most effective today, tomorrow, the next day for the kingdom of heaven? Not for necessarily your assembly, but for the kingdom of heaven. Who has God put around you that when everything comes down, you will still be able to pray together? Where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst. Ask what you will, it will be done for you. We think in terms of 10,000 or 50,000, or 4,000, or 2,000. But we don't think in our, in our fallen apostate thinking in America, we think in terms of numbers. Christ thinks in terms of two or three. Two or three. Two or three people praying the will of God will perform more greater miracles than 10,000. The principles are in the Old Testament with Gideon. He has, a, he has a, 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 a great army, but he picks, what was it, 3,300 men. It's not numbers. You have Elijah. 850 prophets, 400 prophets sit at Jezebel's table. One man, 850. 850. And he calls fire from heaven. He performs the miracles of God before the eyes of the children of Israel who think God had gone on vacation. And then he kills all the demonic lies around him. There are so many demonic lies around the minds of the Christian people in this country. Just like the Prophets of Jezebel, these are just lying spirits around you telling you and you're listening to them and you're not listening to the Holy Spirit. Woe is me, woe is me, I'm worthless, I'm blah, blah, blah. You read the scripture. Let's see what the scripture says to those of you who think that you're worthless. You start reading the Bible and we'll see what the scripture says. I say the scriptures say, that because you have Christ living in you, you are more valuable than 10 tons of gold. You are more precious 
than uh, a pocket full of diamonds. I know what the Bible says about this residue of people that are alive in this country today, that God is prepared for the coming war that's going to take place in this country. While the bulk, the mass of American Christians are going to be uh, in so much hardship and suffering, the others will be in joy, be full of joy. We're at the bottom of the second hour break. I'm going to come back. But in the meantime, the podcasts for the Olive Tree program for today, 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree site. And also my contact information, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502 and I'm uh, the founder of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry and I have the radio church program according to the will of God so Rick Rodriguez will be back in about a minute plus we'll be right back and we're going to continue Okay. All right. Sorry about that. I hit the wrong button. And I turned the button off. Um, okay. I am going to go back to the idolatry, the apostasy, which is idolatry. Going back to First King, or King, uh, uh, Judges chapter 17, verse 6. At that time, Israel did not have a king, so everyone did what was right in their own eyes. <clears throat> Through the rest of the book of Judges, this is the thought. Everybody doing what is right in their own eyes. That's the thought in America. The so-called prophets, they do have prophetic ability. That's the truth. They have... God has given them a gift prophetically and God's not going to apologize and repent from the gifts that he gave them. It's how they use those abilities. If they use the giftings of the prophetic to further their own cause, then not necessarily being, uh, being used by God to further his kingdom, but they further their own little micro-kingdoms. The prophets of this land have micro-kingdoms that they are building, not according to the will of God, but according to what is right in their own eyes. And no one in this country wants to address it. No one talks about it. No one talks about the sins 
of the pastors of the land. The most destructive thing to the family of God, the sins of the leaders of the land. The pastors, the priests, the apostles, I'm sorry, yeah, those who are called uh, in apostolic, but generally the true apostles are, are not causing any, they're not destructive. They are furthering the kingdom of heaven. In the prophetic world, the men who say they are prophets, yes, they have the abilities, and yes, they are accurate to a degree, but not necessarily for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. They prophesy about their own ministries, they prophesy about those around them, and they steal prophetic words from each other. They steal, they steal prophecies from each other. They're climbing the ladder. It's one of the sins of apostasy. It's idolatry. And here we hear we see this guy, Micah, he picks one of his sons to be the priest. Verse 7, there's a young man who is a Levite. He's from the priestly tribe of Israel. And uh, he's a Levite of the people of Judah. He leaves Bethlehem. He goes to another place to live. And on his way, he came to Micah's house in the mountain hill country of Ephraim. Micah said, where, where are you from? He said, I'm a Levite from Bethlehem. I'm looking for a place to live. Micah said to him, live with me. Be my father, be my advisor, be my counselor, be my priest. I will give you four ounces of silver each year and clothes and food. Immediately the Levite went in. He agreed to live with Micah because like one of Micah's own uh, and became like one of Micah's and became one of Micah's own sons. Micah made him, ordained him and paid him to be the priest. And he lived in Micah's house. And then Micah says, Now I know the Lord will be good to prosper me because I have a Levite as my priest. Everybody doing what is good in their own eyes. Many people of this, many of the young Christians, Oh, now I have a prophet that I'm going to follow. I have a prophet that I know God has sent this man to me. Well, that type of talking, that type of speech, all the time, but the thing is this, what kind of prophet or what kind of priest are they following? Have they been ordained by God? Have they been ordained by the Holy Spirit to be in a position of responsibility? Or are they in that, are they in that position because of their lineage? Because their dad was a pastor? Or because their mother was a godly woman? Have they been ordained by God to be in a position of responsibility? That's a question nobody asks. Now, in this country, if the prophets and the men of God of this country are not telling you the truth about the United States of America, if they refuse to tell you that America is in the Bible. Then they don't know the Bible. They don't know the time that we are living in. 
Or maybe they do, but they know it will cost them if they talk about the United States being Babylon the Great, the final great Babylon at the end of the world that exists between two oceans, not the oceans of sand in Iraq, but a Babylon that in, in Jeremiah 52 that sits between oceans, between water. Pacific, Atlantic, Gulf of Mexico, the Great Lakes, surrounded by water. If they're not telling you the truth, they don't know the time that we're in. They may know the truth, but they're, they have their pensions to take care of. They have programs they have to keep moving. They have paid staff. Well, I'm going to tell you, we are in the time of shaking. We are in the time where the Lord and the prophet said, and the apostle said, there was going to be shaking in these years prior to Christ's return. The kingdoms of the world, the kingdom of the cosmos, Satan's kingdoms are going to be shaken. The nation of Israel, as a people, they're going to be shaken. And the lampstands of God, the family of God in the world, there's going to be a shaking in the family of God too. Everything has to be shaken. The principle is in Matthew chapter 7. The, the, there was a man who built his house on, the, found on, a, on a sound found, found, a foundation. on a stone and it says that the wind the winds the rains and the floods came he built his house on a stone on a foundation of rock the winds the rain the flood came and the house stood because it was founded built upon a rock then there was another man who built his house on sand the winds, the rains, and the floods came, and that house fell. And the fall of that house was great because it was built on sand. Christ was saying, in the previous three chapters, I have presented to my children the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. Live by what I have said. These are my teachings. I base my teachings in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 on my servant Moses and the prophets. These are my words to you. Live by these words. And if you live by these words, you build on a stone, a rock. And I am that rock. My teachings are that rock. And if you build on my teachings, the winds that will come, the fallen angels, of the heavens, the winds, the, the, the rains, the demonic forces in the air also, and the floods, the mass of humanity that is going to come against my lampstands, they will not fall because they are built upon a, my teachings. 
with the lampstands in Revelation chapter 1. Each lampstand, the winds, the rains, and the floods have been coming at each of these seven churches. And all the churches have their problems. The second church, Smyrna, Satan himself has come against that church to destroy and to keep that the church, the members of that body in affliction. And the Lord tells them, just wait ten days. The fullness. Just wait for the ten days to be done. And then he tells them what their reward will be. To each of the churches, the first church, the church deeply involved in the knowledge of the scripture and the work that God had called them to do. And they're busy about it. But the Lord's word to them was, you left your first love. Come back to your first love. The third church, the church of the Nicolaitans, the clergy ruling, telling the people what to do. Clergy laity, the thing that God hates. The same with the fourth church, Thyatira, the Catholic churches, the Greek Orthodox churches, Number three, Pergamos, Thyatira, the Catholic churches, is the fourth church. And there are deep things of Satan in the Catholic church. Idolatry, things that are worshipped, that seduce the children of God in the Catholic church. But in the Catholic church, you do have those men that are responsible as priests who are faithful to God, who are faithful to teach God's children the truth in spite of the traditions and the superstitions of the Catholic Church. Then the next church, Thyatira, uh, 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 Smyrna, you have the, the uh, well, the uh, Lutheran churches, that's Smyrna, and they're the beginning of the Protestant movement. They have their sins too. Then after that, you have the beginning of the, the pilgrims or the Puritans, which is still Protestant. These are the, the teachers in the 1800s. Uh, not Schofield. Schofield was not a Christian. He snuck in. He was not a believer. But he brought in the Schofield Bible and the teachings and everybody began to talk about how great Schofield and he did this Schofield study Bible. Throw it away. He begins to teach one of the great doctrines of demons a pre-trib rapture. The matter of a rapture before the resurrection. Then you have the final church, Laodicea. The, La the Laodicean churches, the evangelical churches of America. In America, all these six previous churches, the other brothers, the six previous brothers of the family, a household of God, were all European-based. East, 
Central, Western European. The only one that was not European or on on another continent is the Laodicean churches. We jumped the ocean and we moved to the land of Babylon. We reside in the land of the coming king of Babylon. If your pastors aren't teaching you this, you are not going to get ready for what's coming. You're not going to prepare for what's coming. You're going to be resurrected out of the hardship. You're going to suffer. Don't believe this. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible said Christ's own words. If you follow me, you're going to be hated. If you follow me, you're going to be persecuted. If you follow me, you're going to suffer for my namesake. If you follow me, you're probably going to die. This is what Christ said. This is the meat of righteousness, which the American Christians do not want to hear. To prepare yourself for what's coming, the discipline of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to stay on this point. I'm going to beat this point. This horse will never die. This is one of the messages the Holy Spirit has given me to to tell God's children. The discipline of the Holy Spirit to be able to know the anointing. This is where it all began. No one knows where the wind comes from. No one knows where the wind is going. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. You've been born of the Holy Spirit, born again, not by the Spirit of the world, not by the Spirit of the cosmos, but by the Spirit of God. And you experience the moving of the Spirit. When the Spirit moves, you experience it. But it's a discipline. You have to be sensitive to know when God is speaking to you and what He's speaking to you. He is always speaking. Endlessly. Because with everything he tells you, he is teaching you something. The quality of the apostles. Just a a natural, physical ability. It's very simple. Christ selected them, and one of the reasons they were selected is because they would be teachable. They were in Judaism, but on the outskirts of Judaism, but in the purity, you might say, of Judaism. And they did understand Judaism. They did understand the religion of that day. And they were teachable. And Christ, through that whole time He was with them, was continuously teaching them something new. It's no different with each of us. We have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. He is always speaking something to us. He's always trying to catch our attention, to lead us deeper 
The only way I can exp express it is atmospheres. People that are that are divers in the sea and the ocean. I don't know. I can't remember exactly how many feet you go down. You go to what they call an atmosphere. It's a greater pressure. And the further, I think it's every six or eight feet, maybe ten feet. Let's say ten feet. So you've gone down one atmosphere. Twenty feet, another atmosphere. Thirty feet, another atmosphere. There was one time, I think I went on a breath of air. I was at Lake Tahoe, and it was very clear. The water is pristine. And I think I went down right at 50 feet. And I mean to tell you, I didn't think I was going to get back to the surface. I wanted to get to the bottom, but the, but I couldn't see. It was. It seemed like the sand was just one, out one foot ahead of me, and I kept going down, 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 down. That's how clear this water was. Finally, I got to the bottom, grabbed a handful of sand, and I was going to just head up. And I knew that if I didn't take a second or two to get down and squat on that bottom and shove like I've never kicked before and start kicking like crazy. I was never going to reach the top without sucking water in. I barely made it. And I mean just six inches before I hit the surface, I, I, was, already, my, I was already beginning to breathe. I barely got out, but I got to the bottom. So I might have gone down five atmospheres with Christ. He will take you, if you're faithful, to atmosphere after atmosphere after atmosphere. And this experience, these experiences are, he will prepare for you. And with each atmosphere, you see him in a new way. Then he will also take you, that's, in, that's just in maybe uh, your teaching. But then, in joy, he will take you also on the other side. He'll take you to atmospheres of elation, where you're just so so full of the Holy Spirit, you're just you're going to explode. <clears throat> so he gives you both the greatest joy, and the he sustains you in tribulation. It's part of the Christian life. And to be effective and to be healthy and to weather the storm, you have to have the Spirit of God upon you. You need the anointing. Then the Word of God. The Word of God is vital because it will help you to see who Christ really is, what His plan really is, and especially for the time in which we live. The prophecies are important. I know for years and years and years, back in the 80s, I don't know why I just read the book, The Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey. And I knew that this was the generation that Christ would return. And he's still going to return. Before that generation of baby boom children is dead, he will return.
Okay. All right. We appears as if we were going to have some kind of emergency alert, but nothing happened. So I'm going to continue. So with Hal Lindsey, I just started looking into prophecy. And uh, with the men back then, many, many of those that I knew that would talk about prophecy, there would be always these others that would say, well, you don't know. You don't know. We said, well, Israel became a nation, so things have been set in motion. And the mark of the, the beast system in Belgium, in Belgium, the 666 computer is here. These are the signs of the end of the world. Then also they have some kind of system in New Jersey where there's these, these marks, which was the barcode. And we just, we would talk about, about that because we were looking at the signs of the times. And then we're talking about the Antichrist that is to come, and the son of perdition, and the mark of the beast. And we're talking about the idle shepherd who is Antichrist, and all the titles and names of this coming Antichrist. And these guys would say, well, you should just, and I remember in the fellowship that I was in, don't talk about these negative things. Talk about the Talk about the Lord. Talk about the positive things of Christ. And I would get a little offended. And finally I just said, no, I'm not going to get offended with these people. I'm going to just tell them the truth. Hey, if the Lord put it in the Bible, then I better pay attention to it. If the Lord said that we're going to suffer for his namesake, I better pay attention to it. I better not just focus on the Lord. Oh, don't talk about tribulation. I better focus on the Lord. Hey, well, the Lord said, we're going to suffer for his namesake. And if the Lord said that uh, he saw Satan, light, uh, Satan fall like lightning from heaven, we probably should pay attention to that. And if in the book of Revelation, chapter 13, it says that there's going to be an antichrist and the false prophet, a beast and a false prophet, we should probably pay attention to that. They'd poo-poo it and say, no, you just need to focus on the Lord, brother. You need to just look to the Lord and just focus on Jesus. I say, well, I am focused on Jesus, and Jesus is telling me that hard time is coming. And I want to be ready for that when it comes. Well, this is the end of the second hour. For those that are leaving, God bless you. Podcasts are on 1360khnc.com for the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry radio church program. We'll be back. The Federal Reserve is in control of our money. But lately, control is the last word you would use to describe the Fed. Emergency rate cuts, huge increases in their balance sheet, the constant blowing of bubbles and boom and bust cycles that just leave most of us busted. I'm Joe Jaquin, owner of the Patriot Trading Group, and we have been protecting people's wealth for almost 25 years. Stop playing the Fed's game and get your wealth protected. Call us at 800-951-0592 or visit our website at allamericangold.com. As 1360 continues to grow, we want to know what our listeners think. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Give us your feedback. Go to 1360khnc.com and hit the contact button and give us your thoughts. I've learned to stand with people that are in the storm. 
who have courage. You know, there's a man out there other than President Trump and just a few others that have really proven their mettle in the furnace. It's Mike Lindell. You're not going to get better towels, better sheets, better slippers, better beds, better hundreds of products made in America anywhere. It's ridiculous how high quality it is, how ridiculous the prices are low. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code KHNC. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and I would like to encourage everyone to make sure they are prepared financially as the Federal Reserve continues to destroy the value of the dollar. Since the closing of the gold window in 1971, the Federal Reserve has led the way in the explosion of debt and the devaluing of your money. They openly say that they need 2% inflation, which simply means they hope to devalue your money, and they want to do this every single year, year after year. I know it's hard to understand, but the Federal Reserve believes in prosperity through debt and growth via the devaluation of your future. To learn more about how to protect yourself, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800-951-0592 and protect yourself against the devaluing of your money. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. As the economy collapses, are you prepared to provide even basic essentials for your family? I teach urban survival training course that arms you with hundreds of skills and hacks to keep you and yours going when everyone else gives up. Food and water are only the beginning. Call the Rev at 303-809-3343. That's 303-809-3343. This is Clay with Wagner Electric Company. We're out of Greeley. We're here to promote our Generac and Cummins standby generators and our service to the community with any electrical needs. We're located at 1517 2nd Avenue in Greeley, 970-800-3693. The biggest thing that we want to promote is that we set the standard and we're here to support you and your needs. 970-800-3693. My name is James with Milco Carpet Cleaning. I'm based out of Millican, serving all of northern Colorado. We're a family-owned company that will clean your carpets, upholstery, tile, and rugs. My goal is to freshen your home and business, leaving you dry and clean in no time with no residues. Mention this ad and receive $10 per room off, up to $50. You can call me at 970-405-3740 or email me at nococarpetcleaning at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out my reviews on Google. Hi, my name is Sam Cheshire. My wife Lisa and I own Build Design America in Longmont, Colorado. We've been in business for over 30 years, offering full-service flooring to Northern Colorado. A few years ago, we started into Kiva Studios. We offer full-service kitchen and bath remodeling, along with a design service. We're located in Longmont at 665 Frontage Road. Our phone number is 303-772-1202. And we also offer free design services. So give us a call, 303-772-1202. Hey, Chris Lewis here with My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com, 970-776-0258. At My Favorite Gunsmith, all I do is repair firearms. I love freedom more than guns, but the only thing that separates a free man from a slave is firearm ownership. 
I would only add that it needs to work. All of my guns work. Do yours? Find out. 970-776-0258. My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com. That's 970-776-0258. This is Steve at Ramsey Auto Group. Hey, this is Mike from Ramsey Auto Group. Just stopping in to say hi, let you know that we're still open, still in business, and still rocking and rolling. You know, if you're looking for a good car experience, come see us. We have old school values. We still operate by handshake. We're not pushy. We want you to be happy, and uh, we have a great selection of trucks. 6175 West 10th Street, Greeley. 970-443-5654. 970-443-5654. Are you looking to sell your excess construction equipment? Trust Steffes Group's team of professionals to get you the best return on your investment. Steffes Group is a nationally recognized leader in the auction business with over 60 years of experience. Their team of professionals prioritize honesty, integrity, and outstanding service, and they work with you every step of the way to ensure a smooth and successful auction process. Go to steffesgroup.com right now to find a sales representative near you and discuss your options today. On MyPillow's 20-year anniversary, with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell and the MyPillow employees want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. Queen-size MyPillows, regular price is $69.98, now only $19.98, and just $10 more for king-size. MyPillow's patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs to help you get the best sleep ever. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code KHNC. In addition to this special energy, Anniversary offer on the My Pillows. You will also receive deep discounts on all My Pillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, My Slippers, and so much more. Take advantage of the biggest sale in My Pillows history. Go to mypillow.com or call 800-948-8229 and use promo code KHNC to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his My Pillow. That's mypillow.com promo code KHNC or call 800-948-8229. It's a perfect time to plant trees during the Tree Farm's 50-cent tree sale. Buy the first tree at regular price and get a second tree for only 50 cents. Choose from thousands of carryout-sized shade trees, flowering trees, evergreen trees, and more. Buy one 7- to 8-foot-tall flowering tree for only $269.50 and get another tree for only 50 cents. That's two 7-gallon trees for only $270. You Come take I-25 to exit 235, then 5 miles west to the Tree Farm. 1360 KHNC is proud to announce our partnership with My Kind CBD, a local Colorado-based company that uses no pesticides, no herbicides, completely organic, no heavy metals. All their products are CAO certified. That's right, independently lab certified. Our prices are the best in the country. Go out to 1360KHNC.com and hit the shopping cart button and make your purchase today. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network. Lord. 
back to the third hour of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. Podcasts for the program are on 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree section. The programs are streamed on, the, on KHNC streaming at all times, night and day. The other hosts that also are on podcasts are also on 1360khnc.com. Contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. I know that uh, what I present because children, God's children are playing on the interstate. God's children don't know what's coming. God's children don't know who the United States of America is, whether it's in the Bible or it isn't. The pastors of the land are fearful to tell God's children the truth about so many different things. They will lose their ministries. But it's better that they obey God than to offend God. God has called these, or these people, most of them, there are those, I have to say this, there are many, many pastors in positions of responsibility, not just pastors, priests in the Catholic Church, chaplains, throughout all of the family of God that are faithful to God, have been faithful to God, and their concern is for the family of God and the maturing of the family of God and the well-being of the family of God. Then there are the others that they live according to their own vision. Whatever is right in their own eyes then that is God's will. They can believe what they want to believe. Many are not even called into the pulpit. Their dad was a pastor, they're going to be a pastor. Their uncle was a pastor, they're going to be a pastor. <clears throat> Family lineage, godly lineage, they're supposed to be pastors or chaplains or priests 
not called by God. Then there are those who, it's only a business. They're not even Christians. They are, appear to be Christians. They live righteously. They look well. They look, they look like they're Christians. But they aren't. They are sent into the assemblies as wheat, appear to be wheat, but they are tares. They appear to be sheep, but they are goats. These are the cunning ones, and they're here, right here, in the major, some of the major churches right here in the good old U.S. of A. I could name one for you right now, massive ministry, very influential, but he is not a Christian. And everybody feels this man is really a powerful man of God. And he's not a Christian. I, to be successful, God doesn't make it difficult to stay on path, to stay on track, to stay on the narrow way. He doesn't make it difficult. It's very simple. But we complicate it. You look at your whole life, you look at your future, the problems, and that causes you to seize up. Don't look at what I'm saying is coming. Just prepare for it. Christ said, sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. This is the day that you take care of. You don't think about tomorrow. I mean, you make your plans, your duties, but you have the peace of God in this day. What you need to pray, you pray in this day. Don't look to tomorrow. Sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. You have enough evil in this day. Fight your battles today. Don't look at tomorrow. If you're weary today, don't think about how weary you're going to be tomorrow. It will destroy you. This is the cunning, the devil. We are not to ignore Satan's devices. Don't ignore what he can do. The Lord said, sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. Take care of this day. Tomorrow is going to take care of itself. Fight the battles that you have to fight today if you're in battles. Enjoy the day. Now, I live by simple verses. We all do. In the early 80s, mid-80s, the Lord gave me a verse. And this was out of Proverbs 19.21. I want this to help you. It's a very simple verse. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. Whenever I buy a vehicle, I always, this is the verse that I pray. With my wife and my children, 
everything. We have many devices. We have desires. We want this, we want that. There are many devices. The heart is full of devices. The heart is sticky. It wants what it wants. It is deceitful, dark, black, full of evil. Our motives, our thoughts are just evil every second of every day. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand with all the vehicles that we buy, with all the places we live, with the decisions that we make. I have to make a decision about one thing or another. Before I make the decision, I just begin to pray, Lord, this is what I think, this is what I feel, for this reason, for that reason, but Lord, I have many devices in my heart and I don't even know all of them. But your counsel is going to stand. I pray for your counsel. Presently, every one of you, there are things that you have to make decisions on. If you make decisions without Lord's counsel, you're probably going to regret it. There was a friend that I worked for. We, I did some painting for him. And he was very well off. He's young. He's in his 40s. And doing well financially. He always wanted to buy a Porsche. Porsche. So he bought this beautiful Porsche. I guess they call it a Porsche. I call it a Porsche. And it uh, convertible. He and his wife, oh man, they liked it. They would go in the mountains and they would just have a great time. Well, then one day I told him, I said, yeah, I said, that car out there, I bought it for $50, had 150,000 miles on it, but the Lord told me to buy it. In fact, I bought it because it didn't run, but the Lord told me that it was just a computer chip in the, uh, distributor. I told the guy, I said, well, it doesn't run. He won the $300, but the Lord said, buy it. I told the guy, I said, well, I said, the tires are worth $50. I'll give you $50. He said, I'll take it. He said, but you have to get it off my property, which I did. That car ran for like the next three years. I had almost 300000 on it before I had to let it go. And it was really ready to go I took it to a junkyard. They gave me 50 bucks. I told the guy, I said, I got the title. I said, that car right there is, is Mexico ready. It will, you can go to Mexico. You can go to New York City. It is ready to go. It's tuned up, running like a top. He gave me 50 bucks because the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. And I told this to this friend, Mike. And he looked at that car and he looked at his car and he said, you know, he said, I really love that car, the Porsche. <clears throat> but I go to the grocery store. We go to shop for the week. We don't have any place to put our groceries. We, I said, well, Mike, you know, if you'd have just said, Lord, what is your counsel? 
he probably would have told you to get something else. He goes, oh, I should, I wish I'd have known this before I bought that thing. And he sold it. And he lost a lot of money. You're making decisions on many different matters. Young people, males, females, if you're getting ready to get married, you better make sure that the person you're marrying is ordained by God for you. Don't just assume and don't just let other people tell you that individual is for you. You pray and you pray and you pray. And you see what God has to say. Because young people, especially you young men, if you marry the wrong woman, you will pay the price in the future. I know many men that were in ministry who married the wrong woman. And eventually they would let the church tell them, oh, this is the, this is the person for you. And they would listen to the church members. These were pastors. And the woman turned out to be a Jezebel. And women who are godly, who are gifted, they marry a man that is, they thought was the, he, this is for sure the man that God has sent to me. And they get involved, and there's nothing but heartache, misery, shame, every kind of other evil. There are many devices in a man's heart. The counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. Proverbs 19.21 With all these decisions to this audience, I say, you pray until you have the Lord's counsel. You may believe that whatever decision you're going to make is God. Well, if you make a decision after your own device, well, there's going to be some regret. And uh, I've, I've known some young men that were getting ready to get married, and the Lord had me speak to them. He showed me. The person that they thought that they were to marry, that they were involved with, was the one. And in three cases, to begin with, uh, the woman was not the one. And later they would come to me. I worked for a young man. I said, man, I said, I don't think she's the one. She's not, she's not the one for you. Oh, yeah, she is. We love each other. I said, no, no, no. I said, no. I said, you're, she's, they, there's no match. You two don't match. You're in one world. She's in another. But she's attractive. You're handsome. That's, that's a bad way to do business there. Just because she's pretty and you're handsome and nope. Two children later, she left him and he told me, you were right. She wasn't the one, was she? And I said, no, she wasn't. He goes, I know that now. I didn't see how deceptive she was. Another friend. She's the one. She's the one. This is the one that God planned for me. I said, no, I don't think so. I said, man, just, just hold up and wait a little bit. Nope. And two children later, he says, well, I remember what you told me. He said, you were right. Then another person, this person 
told him it's not the right one. You better be really careful. Well, he was going to go through with it, and at the last second, he realized she wasn't the one, and he backed out. Thank goodness. This is the this is the a a problem that the children of Israel had with the prophets. God would send prophets and the children of Israel would not listen. And I'm using these examples of marriage because I know God has gifted me in certain areas and I trust my gifting because God has trained me. I know what He's given me. The prophets of Israel would come to Israel and warn them, don't do this, don't do that. They would never listen to the prophets. They wouldn't listen to Isaiah. They didn't listen to Jeremiah. Wouldn't listen to Ezekiel. These three prophets of Israel, these were the pre-exile prophets, warning the children of Israel because of your sins, because of the sins of the prophets, because of the sins of the priests, you're going to go into exile. You're going to be removed from your country. No, God wouldn't do that to us. They wouldn't listen. And these men knew. But the children of Israel, the people of God, didn't want to listen. That's one thing about the prophets of God. People don't believe them. Because people don't believe God would punish His own people. And eventually, Isaiah would warn about false prophets, priests, about what would happen in the family, in Israel. Jeremiah, he would talk about the shepherds. He would talk about the prophets. The sins of these these men. Ezekiel, chapter 8, 9, 10, and 11, he talks about the sins of the elders of the city, of the priests of the city. And he tells them what's going to happen. God is going to put a mark on those that fear him. And the rest of you are going to die or you're going to go, you're going to, you're going to be taken out of the country. They didn't want to believe. The prophets of the land that are saying that we are Good times are going to come. We're just going through a little season of hardship. And good times are coming. Things are going to be okay. I say it's a false prophecy. These people are false prophets. They are not speaking by the Spirit of the Lord. They're speaking by the Spirit of the flesh, of the soul, or by their imagination. Those that say that America is not in the Bible, they're either deceiving you intentionally or they are totally blind and they don't know the scripture they're false prophets those that say that that uh, America the American churches are doing well we're healthy we are making a we are really furthering the kingdom of heaven I say that is not the truth they are furthering the kingdoms of man for man. King David, 
He had to fight Saul. Saul was furthering his own kingdom. And that's what we have here in America. Man in the pulpit, not all of them, most of them, who are furthering the kingdom. They're the Sauls of the land. They don't want to hear the true prophets of the land that God has sent to warn Saul and to warn Saul's children that uh, God is going to replace the souls of this land with faithful men who fear God. The souls of the land are going to be replaced. First, they're going to be exposed. If they won't stand down, if they won't repent, God will take them home. Or he will allow them to fall into the hand of the coming Antichrist. You think that I'm kidding. Just remember. I'm telling. I'm saying what the Holy Spirit is telling me. These men that are the souls of the land who have their children, the children of God, under their spell, in their control, building these little empire kingdoms, micro and macro, but not of God. God has a method that he's always used called tribulation to expose them and to punish them. It's coming. But then in this kingdom, in the churches in America, evangelical churches, there are going to be those that have the Spirit of God on them. And I call these people the Davids of the land. More than one. Davids. What distinguishes them from the other, the, the souls of the land, the souls of the land function in the flesh, in the soul, in the will, in the emotion, in the mind. They don't function in the spirit. God will have the Davids of the land that know the Holy Spirit, that have the anointing upon them, that have been called and ordained by God to give God's children that want to know the truth direction and help in the future. In the first two hours, I presented emphatically the main discipline that the children of Christian discipline that the children of God need to have is they need to be have the discipline in the anointing of the Spirit to be trained and disciplined into following the anointing, not the mind, not the emotion, not the will, not the flesh, but to follow the anointing of the Holy Spirit. One way, there are many devices in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord that will stand the Holy Spirit will always direct you to God's counsel. What is God counseling you to do? We want to be active. We want to be Martha's. What is God counseling you to do? To be active or to sit at Christ's feet to learn the lessons of the anointing. Then the anointing keeps you living in Christ, keeps you tabernacling in Him, and He tabernacles in you and then there's the unction. The unction leads you to all truth. 
do you ever plan to do something you just don't you just have a a, a feeling uh, I don't think so you don't feel good about it that's the unction leading you away from what is false to what is true we're at the bottom of the hour for those that are going to leave the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church program every Sunday 9 to noon podcast 1360khnc.com and mailing information Olive Tree Ministry PO Box 872 Longmont Colorado 80502 we'll be right back any major disaster especially weather related when the power goes out can cause people to suddenly panic Within hours, grocery store shelves in your area can be picked clean. Food supply lines get interrupted and food is hard to find. At that point, it's too late to do anything about it. You must survive only on the food you already have in your home or risk waiting for the government to respond while you're standing in food lines. So ask yourself, do you have enough food in your home to last for weeks or months? That's why the smart move is to secure your family's personal supply of the most reliable emergency food you can buy. Having at least four weeks' worth of food is not a luxury. It's mandatory. If you don't want you and your family to end up in this situation, go to 1360KHNC.com and click on the Patriot Supply button at the top of the page. That's 1360KHNC.com and click on the Patriot Supply button. Well, we're in the final. Okay, we're going to continue. Sorry, that's uh, last week's program. Apologize for that. I have a, just in case something happens and I can't make it in with winter coming, I have a program in the system that will play automatically. But when I come in live, I have to turn that uh, system off. Otherwise, I'll be walking over myself. I uh, am just trying to present simple things. God's counsel will stand. And one part of the apostasy is God's children do not want God's counsel. They want to do whatever they desire. They don't want to listen to the counsel of God because the counsel of God, generally, his favorite word is no. We want to do this, we want to do that. And the Lord's word is no. And because of that, God's children don't want God's counsel. And because they don't want God's counsel, they make a decision, and then they regret it. They regret it. I, I talk about marriage quite a bit because many people that I've known through the years, a friend and uh, his wife had us over for dinner one time, they both had children through previous marriages. They were older than my wife and I. We just 
we were just married and they had us over for dinner and they were in their 50s. We were just in our 20s. And we were just visiting, having, he was part of the church fellowship. And I don't know how they ended up saying, talking about marriage. But the friend said that he and his wife had both agreed that if they could go back, they would never have divorced their, she would never have divorced her husband, he would never have divorced his first wife. And we're, my wife and I are like stunned. And uh, they both regretted divorcing. But he said, it's too late. Nothing we can do. But we've discussed it. We would have, we would have not, we would have, if we had waited for the Lord's counsel, the Lord would have told him, no, work it out. But we don't, things move so quickly in our society that we don't, we, we, don't believe we have time to wait on the counsel of the Lord. We do. Unless it's a matter of life and death. And even then, with the counsel of the Lord, it will stand. Even when we have to make a decision instantly, if we in our heart are just praying and asking God, what is your counsel? And the God knows the situation. Christ knows the situation and he will give us that counsel immediately. And uh, by faith, everything we do, another principle, this is vital for the Christian walk. Everything we do must be done in faith. Without faith, we cannot please the Lord. We must walk by faith. We cannot walk by what we see, by what we think, by what we feel. We walk by faith. If you have to make a decision and you're just not sure, but if you make that decision in faith, God will cover it. God will work it out. We must walk by faith. These are the principles that the Lord has given us. In this country, the churches are very dysfunctional because of the apostasy. The great apostasy that Christ that that Paul said would happen, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. He stated it would happen. I'm going to talk about this. I'll just read these verses to conclude the program. We're in the last 25 minutes. But this is what Paul said, and this is talking about the Christians in America. This is the apostasy that would take place in the Laodicean church, the evangelical churches of America. He, be he begins in chapter 2, verse 1. Relative to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and our gathering together to meet Him, we beg you, brethren, not to allow your minds to be quickly unsettled 
or disturbed or kept excited or alarmed, whether it be by some pretended revelation of the Spirit or by the Word or by the letter allegedly alleged to be from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord had already arrived and is here. Back in Paul's time, there were people saying that the, the uh, day of the Lord had already arrived and it was there at that present. It was not. The day of the Lord is the time in which we live in. This is the time of the day of the Lord. The last decade. This is when Christ is ready to bring in his thousand year millennial kingdom. The millennial kingdom had not come back then. And people were already saying, well, we're in the day of the Lord in the thousand year wedding feast. No, it is coming. Verse 3, let no one deceive or beguile you in any way, for that day will not come except the apostasy, the idolatry, comes first. Unless the predicted great falling away, the abandoning of those who have professed to be Christ, that have abandoned Christ, come. And then it says in the same verse, verse 3, and the man of lawlessness of sin is revealed, who is the son of doom, the son of perdition. So very shortly, this man of sin is going to be revealed. And he will come from the United States of America. He's not coming from Israel. He's not coming from Europe. Not coming from England. Not coming from some other nation, this son of doom, this man of sin, is going to come from an end-time empire called Babylon the Great. Another term is the king of Babylon. So this Babylon at the end of the world must exist. It is the United States of America. This son of doom is going to be revealed. Verse 4, and this, he will exalt, he opposes this person. He opposes and exalts himself so proudly and insolently against and over all that is called God or that is worshipped. Even to his actual taking his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming that he himself is God. So he will do this in Israel. Do you not re recollect that when I was with you, I told you these things? Now you know what is restraining him from being revealed at this time. So Paul is talking about the United States of America 1,800, 1900 years ago. And he's saying, he's looking into the future He's looking at this son of perdition coming from the king. He's the king of Babylon. Paul knew this by the writings of the prophets that he comes from an end time, an end time empire like no other, no other empire that has ever existed. This is where he's coming from. Paul is pointing to the United States of America. I'll prove it in a second. And in that nation, when he is the one 
who announces that he is God, then everyone will know. Verse 6, And now you know that, now you know what is restraining him. Something is restraining him. It is keeping him from being revealed at that time, but it will not restrain him in the future at the time appointed. 2 Thessalonians 6a, now 2 Thessalonians 6b. It is so that he may be manifest, revealed in his own appointed time. So he's going to be revealed when God is ordained for him to be revealed. And that revealing will take place in two, two ways. When he signs an agreement with the nation of Israel, it would be called a covenant. It's also called, known as the treaty with death and hell. That's to begin the tribulation. Then he will be fully manifest when he declares himself to be God in the temple. So even though he signs the agreement with Israel, many Christians will not understand it, see it, know it. They will not even know the tribulation has begun. But they will know when he stands in the temple and declares himself to be God. They will know. Verse 7. The mystery of lawlessness, that hidden principle of rebellion against constituted authority. This is in the uh, expanded Bible. This is the key. When he rebels against constituted authority, the constituted authority he's speaking of is the Constitution of the United States of America. This is the constituted authority that Paul is talking about. He was talking about a nation in the future that would have laws known as constituted authority or the Constitution. And this mystery of lawlessness hidden, the principle of rebellion, is still, and this this rebellion against the constituted authority authority was already at work in the world then, but it was being restrained and is still restrained until he who restrains is taken out of the way. Who is restraining the Antichrist from accomplishing all that he wants to do? The Constitution of the United States of America. It will be taken away. The Constitution has been pretty much neutralized in this country. But eventually, it is so hated by the children of the devil and by this coming son of perdition, the man of lawlessness, son of this, this individual, that it will be taken away. And once it's taken away, verse 8, and then the lawless one, Antichrist, the Antichrist, the individual, not an Antichrist spirit. There are many Christians that like to, they like to play these little games. Well, it talks about an, there are many Antichrists. Yes, there are many Antichrists. And there is an Antichrist spirit. Anybody who opposes Christ is an Antichrist. 
So there are millions of antichrists, if not billions, in the world today. But there is only one son of perdition. There is only one abomination of desolation. There is only one king of Babylon who will destroy the constitution. There is only one idle shepherd. These are some of the titles for this coming Antichrist. There is only one beast that rises up out of the sea. And when the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed, the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth, bring him to an end by his appearing at his coming. Christ is coming. His appearing is near. The signs and the signs that Christ said would take place before his coming have begun. The great sign Paul is talking about right here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The great apostasy. The apostasy, another way, way you can understand it, is idolatry. Man wants to do what he wants to do. And when man wants to do what he wants to do in opposition to God, it is called rebellion. It's the sin of witchcraft. This all ties in together. And we are presently in this country. The men of this country are in rebellion. The, many of the men in this country in the pastoral positions are in rebellion to God and to His Word. They don't want to address the, the matters that are the most important to God's children. The biggest matter I can think of is we see China in the Bible. We see Russia in Ezekiel chapter 38-39. Rosh, the children of Rosh. The land of Magog. We see Israel in the nation. It has come into existence again. Chapter 36 and 37 of Ezekiel. We see the sins of the pastors of the land that have caused the most shame to the name of the Lord Jesus. Shame to the Christians. These hypocrites. And what they do with their sins, they bring shame. And then we all have to suffer that shame because we are um, put in the same... You know, we're, we, we all, if you're a Christian, oh yeah, I know Christians. I know what happened back in the 80s. I know what happened in the 90s. I know what's happening in this century. And so it, it, it reflects, it reflects on us. The man, the mystery of lawlessness and what is happening in this country and the world, lawlessness. The spirit of lawlessness. This is what's happening. And the lawless one. He's going to be revealed. And the Lord is going to destroy him. At his coming. And already Christ has begun to shake everything. Paul said in. Hebrews chapter 12. That God at one time shook the earth. 
that is now in these days, in Paul's days, the earth began to shake, and the heavens were being shaken. Judaism was being shaken. The uh, attitude of the Romans toward the Jewish people was being shaken. And the spiritual forces had been shaken at Christ's resurrection. And now, on the night of resurrection, the Holy Spirit lives inside of men. The whole kingdom of darkness is being shaken. But now, in our time, we, in this country, the nation is being shaken. Europe is being shaken. Asia is being shaken. There is being shaking in Africa. All the, all the nations are being shaken in one way or the other. But in America, in the evangelical churches, they are also being shaken. Being shaken by men with lying doctrine, men who are in rebellion to God, are in apostasy, and uh, the sins of these people is affecting the growth of the children of Israel, of the children of of Christ, in the country. The growth is kind of like the growing season for Christians is over. We have grown. Now the whole world can see what the churches have become. Not all of them, but for the most part, the mega churches are setting the example, and that is the. Uh, what do you call it, the bellwether of what we are, which is not really what we are. The true body of believers, the faithful body of believers, are the ones that are presently, God is still mustering them, working with them, maturing, helping to give them the vision that they need, and everything begins with vision, like in Judges, every man did what was right in his own eyes. And that's a condition in this country. It's called apostasy. Every man is building his own little empire. That's apostasy. But God is still, and you can see it. It's evident. There are ministries. There are churches. There are men and, and uh, people that have that are doing great things, even in the, in the patriotic, in the, in the patriot movement, in the politics, in the government still, in media. There are still those faithful people. There are those that are still presenting the truth about what is really happening in the world, in this country. There are those that... Uh, are being faithful to the Lord, doing what they're supposed to do. But the Lord did say the apostasy would come, and it is in full maturity and is in blossom. And the only thing, the cure for it, the way in which God is going to, uh, I don't know if you want to say deal with it, how God is going to shake it. 
Paul said, at that time, God shook the earth, but in these days, he's going to shake not the earth only, but the heavens also. He's going to shake this evangelical, the assemblies in the evangelical churches in America, as well as the Catholics, the Lutherans, all of them. He's going to shake to see what is of him, what is truly of God, and what is not of God. The tribulation is the way that God is going to shake it. And the tribulation is going to reveal the true believer from the, the apostate believer. This is the, we have been the member, the men who, the men in this country that God has put in these positions of responsibility, ordained by God, these are the men that will be faithful, these are the individuals that will tell the truth no matter what, these are the individuals that uh, God is going to use, is using, there are many, many, many of them. And they will expose the sins of the priests. They will expose the sins of the false prophets. They'll expose the sins of the false so-called apostles. They're the ones who are going to address the demonic spiritual world. Because we live in that time. So the shaking has begun internationally. The nations are, I want to maybe, we're just about done with this program. I've been thinking about uh, talking a little bit more about the coming war, the Gog-Magog war, when Russia with these other nations attacks Israel. But Israel is getting ready uh, right now. Tensions in the Middle East. Israel, Netanyahu, Benjamin Netanyahu, has prepared Israel for the coming battles that Israel is going to fight. And Netanyahu was here in Silicon Valley visiting with Musk. I think Netanyahu is getting the intel that he needs to protect Israel from the coming uh, attacks of uh, the Internet and her, her digital world. But for today, God bless you. God keep you. May God teach you the anointing of His Holy Spirit. May He keep you in training, training so you know the anointing above all things that you can abide in Christ, that, you, that he can abide in you, you will have the unction next week. Let me talk about why refi for a while now. Why refi has been getting a ton of phone calls, and I want to thank you for supporting and investing in something that actually helps people. A lot of people are talking about this investment, so I'd like to review the basics with you. First off, yes, it's true. You can earn up to 10.25% fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose, and there are absolutely no 
fees. There is no attack on principal if you ever need your money back, and your monthly statements will have no surprises. If you're not sure if you can trust this economy, this secure collateralized portfolio may be a good option for you. Just go to investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com, or call them at 888-Y-REFI-24. That's 888-Y-REFI-24. Tell them Joe sent you. Hi, this is Mike Morris, owner of Warriors Revolution Tactical in Longmont. At Warriors Revolution, we have the largest selection of tactical gear and ammo in northern Colorado. But what many people may not know is that we now sell firearms. And even despite the recent run on firearms and ammunition, we have plenty of product in the store, including ARs, AKs, Glocks, SIGs, HK, and more. And don't forget all the bulk ammunition at the best prices in town. Need to do a private firearms transfer? We can do that, too. I am a veteran of the United States Marine Corps, and our team is made up of veterans and security experts, not a bunch of salesmen. Our team is trained and fought with much of the actual equipment we sell. And one thing you should know is that we support the foundations and principles this great country was founded upon. So if you need tactical gear, ammo, firearms, AR parts or upgrades, and even survival accessories, stop by and visit us on Ken Pratt Boulevard and Bowen Street in Longmont, or visit warriorsrevolution.com. That's warriorsrevolution.com. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. Are you prepared to provide even basic essentials for your family? I teach urban survival training course that arms you with hundreds of skills and how